everyone. Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show. I'm your host, Elise, and we are live from my living room on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Today, we're talking about investing your money. So I did a TikTok a while ago um, about ETFs, exchange-traded funds, and I got a lot of comments asking um, a lot of investment questions. So we're going to be talking about that today. It's a special segment, and we're also doing a pesto recipe, some Q&As from the audience. So sit back, stay tuned, have a drink, and enjoy talking to me, at least. Okay, so back to the day. Do you want to know something crazy? You're going to die. This, this is no pun intended, okay? But I read, and this is a fact, that you could now get a headstone with a QR code on it. It's called living headstone. So, <clears throat> you know, if, you, if you're not doing cremation and you want a, a headstone, gravestone, whatever you call it, Instead of just having the name and the, the, you know, the birth and death year, you can have a QR code. Can you imagine you go into the cemetery, you know, and you, 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 you with your iPhone, you scan your iPhone over the head. Is this even a thing right now? Is this a thing? I don't even know. I haven't been to the cemetery in a long time. But anyway, it's called Living Headstones, and they show you pages of photos, video biographies, comments from family. You know, to be honest, I, I was a little creeped out when I first heard it, but I, I kind of like it. This is a fact. Not exactly the facts we usually do, but I I love this. I, th- I think this is kind of cool. I mean, you know, if you're like a creep like me, <laughs> you go to the cemetery. Look, sometimes I'm curious about the people all around and, you know, it's so many everywhere. And some of the people, you know, they're born in the 1800s. And I just am curious. I mean, imagine, imagine in the future, people are going to be able to just scan a QR code and be like, hey, this person was born in 85. What? I wasn't born in 85, FYI. Anyway, so how are you? How was your week? Did you do anything good? You had a good weekend? I feel in New York, it's starting to feel like proper fall or winter. I mean, it, it was cold. It was it was like, you know, it was, it was, I needed more, I needed to wear more than just a long sleeve t-shirt and my puffy vest. Like I actually needed a coat. I liked it. You know what? I heard there's an there's a listeria outbreak. Did you hear about this? Yeah, well, in the U.S., if you're not listening in the U.S., in the U.S., we have a listeria outbreak once again. I feel like we, we have these every so often. In Florida, Massachusetts, and New York, the CDC is saying 10 people were infected with this listeria outbreak, um, and all 10 people were hospitalized. And you know what? You know what? Like, can't you just clean the goddamn cold cut machine? I mean, is that, isn't that what it comes from? I mean, you know, listeria, it's like a, it, it, you know, they, it, it comes from contaminated food. I, I know, I think it could come from other things than cold cuts, but I think one of the, the um, more common ways that listeria is around is through the cold cut machine. If you go to the deli line and they're cutting the bologna and then they're cutting the salami and then they're cutting the Swiss, really? Really? You know? Gross. But that's not really what it's from. It's not from. It's not from mingling the meats. It's it's because the the meats are sick or something. I don't know. But but this it's with it's with Italian meats. Of course it is the most delicious one: salami, mortadelle, and prosciutto. That's what it is. For non-Italian, salami, mortadella, and <laughs> prosciutto. That's what the listeria, the listeria is coming from. So I guess when I go to La Bella, my favorite supermarket. Over the weekend, this upcoming weekend, I will not be getting Genoa salami sliced thin. Anyway, so annoying, you know? So, um, what else? What else is new? You thinking about your Halloween plans? Well, I am thinking about my Halloween plans for my two daughters. And uh, I think it's going to be a little bleak this year. 
Uh, I mean, you know, my building, I think I might have mentioned this in a previous episode. My building, you know, we got a letter underneath the door not too long ago, and it said they're canceling Halloween. It's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. As if 2020 hasn't been miserable enough. And, you know, and, and then trick-or-treat. Nobody's trick-or-treating. Nobody, I don't even think we're having trick-or-treating in the city. Um, but I did go to this cute event. I took them to this cute event. The store, I post about it on TikTok. There's a store called Camp. It's like a family general store. They sell all like cute knickknacks and things for kids and board games and all fun retro stuff too. It's really cool. Um, and they had a Halloween scavenger hunt in Hudson Yards. You know, they built a mall on the west side, Hudson Yards. And uh, it was so cute. We basically like ran around this mall in costumes and the kids uh, found these little magical doors, little boxes. They looked like telephone booths that the store camp created, all dotted all throughout the mall. And the kids would knock on these little, you know, telephone booths that decorated like Halloween things. And either a trick would pop out or a treat. And the treats were funny because they were, they were, uh, they were like social distancing treats. They like put them in a chute. They came out of a square into the kid's bucket. But you know what? You got to do what you got to do. And, uh, and it was cute and it was fun and it felt Halloween-y. I wish we were doing it on actual Halloween, but, um, that's okay. And, you know, I didn't even buy my kids' costumes this year. Am I, am I a horror or what? I mean, I was going to buy them costumes, okay? I went into Marshall's, and they had beautiful costumes, and I just was like, what, what am I doing? What, what am I doing? Just take this money and throw it down the toilet, you know? So they're being witches. They were witches a few years ago. And I did buy them wigs, though. And we're just going to put the costumes on and run around in Central Park, you know? Anyway, I wonder what you're doing. I think, I mean, a lot of you guys, if you listen, if, we, if we're friends on TikTok, a lot of you guys told me, in your states or whatever, that you're doing trick-or-treating. It's on. I mean, but do you care about your kids taking candy, like Corona candy? I know that's terrible to say, right? But I don't know. I am a little weirded out about it. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. So, investing your moolah, investing your money. Um, <clears throat> like I mentioned, I did a uh, a TikTok just, just randomly. I was doing some trading and I, 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 you know, ETFs popped in my head and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do a TikTok about this. And I got an overwhelming response of messages and thank you. Um, thanks everybody who sent them to me and, uh, asking me, do I have invest investing tips for them? And, um, you know, what's an ETF and how can they buy an ETF? And they want to, they have a little extra money and they want to put money away for, for when they're older or they don't have that much money and how can they guarantee any sort of income or, 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 or just some savings nest egg that goes beyond, you know, their, uh, their ally bank, you know, savings account. And I obviously didn't want to respond to every single, um, individual message. I did respond to a lot of you, but I realized that, um, so many of you guys, um, need this information. And I just want to say that I, I'm not, I'm not a uh, financial advisor. That's not my full-time job. That, that is not what I do. This is just my opinions. So I just want to say I'm doing a disclaimer right now. I don't have anything written down. It's nothing, no, no bullshit like that. It's just literally, this is my opinions. Um, it's based on my own personal experience. So I recommend, I really do. I recommend you talk to a financial advisor, but if you want to learn about self-directed investing if from, you know, just your average girl from Staten Island, and at the very least, um, you know, then you listen, you could then listen to this and we'll talk, we'll talk about it. But at the very least, you know, listening to this will give you some good information, at least buzzwords, at the very least buzzwords. So when you do go to a financial advisor and you sit down, at least you, you talk in the same language, you know what I'm saying? 
there's nothing worse, right? When you go to a car dealership, you know nothing about cars. You walk in there and they're like, transmission this, V8 this. And you're like, I, what the hell are you? It's like another language. It's the same thing. It's the same thing when you walk in and talk, meet with an FA, a financial advisor. I mean, they're, they're nice. You know, they're, they, of course they're nice. They want your money. Just like the car salesman. But the car salesman want the deal like done right there. You know, so they don't they don't give a shit. <laughs> They're just like, oh, where's your husband? Oh, you don't have a husband? Oh, I'll, I'll, this is what you need. This is what, trust me, trust me. And there you go. You walk out spending more than you needed to. Financial advisor, different, different situation there. They, they're nice and they will explain. But are you really going to understand? You know what I'm saying? So, okay, let's talk about this. Um. So we're going to talk about what I like to do, my uh, my own personal sort of investment strategy, how you can invest, what what you need to invest, money, um, a little money, and literally a little money, five bucks, whatever, um, and then ETFs 101, what are they and how to buy them. So, you know, here's the deal, okay? Investing is, is uh, you know what investing is, am I really, I mean, look. You put little little bits of money away, and in the long term, you in the long term you reap some rewards. So I have um, a few different ways, right, that you can invest your dough. And these, you know, all these already. I'm sure you do. So you can save in a savings bank, and then I'll explain them later. You can save in a savings bank. You know, the interest rate is going to be low, but so you might have to find a good one. But you know this. You know, you go to Citibank, you open a checking account, and then they have to give you the savings account, um, and you know. Maybe you get an, you know, 0.01% interest on that, which obviously isn't a lot. Um, and, you know, you put your money in there and that's how you save your money, whatever. So you could do that. You can go to a robo-advisor to invest your money for you. Um, these are companies like Betterment and Wealth or Elvest. They're, they're on the web. Um, we'll talk about them in a little bit. And then you could start investing a third way. You could start investing in the stock market with a little bit of money. Um, another way of investing your money is through real estate, the real estate market. I don't know where you live, but you know, where I live in Manhattan, I am not one of these people just to let you know, but there are people in this city that just are rolling in the dough and you know, they get their bonuses or whatever the hell they get and they get a nice amount of money and they are able to plop down, you know, a down payment and, uh, and then rent it out, you know, maybe a studio apartment or whatever. So that's investing in the real estate market, obviously. And then um, another way is number five, um, you know, enroll in your employer's 401k plan. If you don't have that, you can go to get an IRA. Um, another way is obviously buying, getting mutual funds, treasury securities, bonds. Um, you could do this, you know, through, again, a financial advisor. And and that's, I feel like that those are six ways that you can invest your money. So I, I know if, you, if you're new to this, it might sound a little foreign. So we'll go through it. Let me just say for me, for me, what I do is I like my company's retirement plan. So I like my 401k and I like the stock market. Okay. I, wherever I've worked, you know, some places didn't have a 401k. Some did. If they had a 401k, that is what I did. So I, that, that's, that's my own personal strategy. So, okay. Here's the thing. Let's talk about this. Okay. Investing, I feel like it's a scary word. I, and I also feel like it's thrown around a lot. Like, oh, yeah, making some investments. You know, or like everybody's investing. You know, like call my broker. Like, like honestly, get over yourself. Like, it, like, and then I have, and then I have friends that are like, I invest. I buy my Chanel bag, Galise. This is a long-term investment. And I'm like, really? In 50 years, is your Chanel bag going to buy you milk, eggs, and bread from the supermarket? No, it's not. Okay. You need financial instruments to invest, right? 
And look, you don't have to be the wolf of Wall Street. Although, nice. Or is that nice? Actually, he was creep, right? Fun, but creepy. But, you know, and, and like, criminal. But, no, you don't have, listen, you don't have to be the wolf of Wall Street. You don't have to be Jim Cramer, Cramer on CNBC to, to get into investing. Even if you have a couple of bucks to spare, your, your money your money will grow with compound interest. That's it. Compound interest, getting interest over a long period of time. That's how you make the make money, right? But you need money, right? So how do you get money? Well, if you're lucky enough to be able to pay, get, you know, make your money in your job, pay your bills, keep a little money for your whatever entertainment or whatever. And if you have money left over to save, well, there's your money that you can use to invest. But if you don't have that money, like most people just don't have that money. Most Americans live check to check. And I don't think there's any shame in that. I think that everything is so goddamn expensive these days. We don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. You know how hard it is for me, a single mother living in Manhattan with two kids? It is not easy. There is not money to be saved at the end of the month, okay? But I do do, I have a little trick. So one of the things that I do is I find things to cut in my budget, and you could do this too. So look, maybe like you, I like to get my nails done. I like to get a manicure. I like to get a manicure every week, every other week, right? But guess what? Manicure, $12. Okay, well, if I don't, if I get one manicure a month for $12 and I don't, you know, and I, I save myself three manicures, that's that money I could save, right? Instead of going to Starbucks, I'll make my own coffee or tea. I used to do a lot of takeout, not really so much for the kids. Like, you know, I obviously make the kids dinner, but you know, like after they go to sleep, mama's tired, okay? Mama doesn't want to have the blue box blues for dinner. Okay, and Lean Cuisine's not that appealing these days because I need to eat three to get full. <laughs> so, you know, I would order in takeout, you know. And uh, and then, of course, at the end of the month, I was nauseous when I saw my credit card bill, you know. I was like, really? I spent $200 on Thai food and I can't even pay for it at the end of the month. What the hell? But, um, so, right, those are the ways that I cut money. Manicures, coffee, takeout, you know, whatever. And And look, I'm not saying that I don't enjoy my life. I'm not saying that you shouldn't enjoy your life. You know, you work hard. We work hard for our money. I think you should treat yourself. Self-care is like self-care 101. You want to be a good mother, you got to do self-care. You want to be happy, you have to do self-care. And self-care sometimes is going to the spa, buying yourself a bag, spending a little bit of your money. But you want to know what? Like I said, well, who's paying for your nursing home, okay? When that happens, if and when, hopefully you have wonderful children and relatives that you'll never have to have a nursing home, but some of us will. And even, and even if you don't have to go in a nursing home, where's your money coming when you're in your retirement community in Boca Raton, Florida? Okay? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, did you not marry somebody rich? Because, you know, I'm single, so <laughs> I'm all on my own. And if you married somebody rich, save your freaking money. But, but anyway, listen, saving money and investing, they're closely connected. In order to obviously invest money, you need to have some money to save and it, it sounds, it, you know, it takes less time than you think it does. And look, if you haven't, if you're not really a saver, if you're not really a saver, you, you could just, it doesn't matter. You could put away a little, you could put away a little bit of money. Like I put away $20 a week. I, I know that sounds crazy. And I'm telling you my business. Well, well, tw but $20 a week. I, st I started that a long time ago. I still do it. I still do it. $20 a week into an account. I never see, I never touch. And you know what? That just like adds up over time. It's not, it's, you know, come on. It's not a lot of money, 20 bucks a week, but it's money that I, I, I forget that I even earn. I forget I earn that $20 a week. It just, you know, so that's a, such an easy way to save the money. Um, okay. So 
obviously could put you $25 a week in a bank account. If you are not good at even something like that, you know, you can sign up for a service like Chime, chime Chime.com. Basically, when you use, I think it's like the debit card or something or any purchase, you make it rounds up and then all of the change goes into a savings account. So it's sort of like uh, an electronic savings account or something like that. I haven't tried it, but I know people that use it and they have a high interest rate. I think they, I think their interest rate might be like, you know, you know, uh, 1% or something. I, I haven't, I haven't looked recently, but you check that out. Check that out. I know that there's not a minimum, but, um, you basically like use your debit card. And if you debit card, if you spend 10 50 in the supermarket, they round it to 11 and that 50 cents extra goes into a savings account. And you know what? Do you even notice that? Probably not. So, um, okay, so that's it. You can save your money in the savings account. So robo-advising. I said number two, robo-advising. What is robo-advising? Robo-advising and a robo-advisor. I feel like if you're listening, it might sound high-tech. It's actually so simple. Um, a robo-advisor is a financial advisor that uses um, an investment program, like an algorithm, and they basically select investments for you. So, you know, an example, like I said, is Betterment.com. I know the CEO, CEO hey, John Stein. But anyway, um, they, uh, you know, you, you go on to Betterment.com, better, M-E-Mint, M-E-N-T, and, you know, you fill out a little profile, maybe your age, you know, when you would want to retire, your income or whatever. They ask how much, um, you know, when would you need your money by, you know, when when would you need to take this out, When you, what's your retirement age, what sort of returns are you looking for, Um you know, are you are you risk adverse? Are you fiscally conservative? They ask you these questions, and basically, they take all that information and they select um, a portfolio of ETFs, exchange traded funds, um, and and they and they manage your money. But so the this they but they're but it's all done through technology. So basically, the robo advisor creates a portfolio, a diversified portfolio of funds. Rather than, you know, just investing in one fund, they're not going to take all your money and say, oh, okay, you'd be a good candidate to buy Apple stock. We're going to buy you Apple stock. No, because they know that that's not smart. They, they invest in ETFs. And listen, the diversification, it reduces your risk, okay? Um, and it actually does increase your returns. So I, I recommend if you're new to stocks, if you're new to investing, if you feel, if it's daunting to you to go to a financial advisor, you know, go to, you know, go to Merrill Lynch or wherever, Check out Betterment.com. Check out Wealthfront. Elvest is another one. If you if you if you can't remember the names or whatever, just you can message me on TikTok and I'll tell you them. Um, but but it's good. It's really really good. So here's the thing. The thing. No, you're like, where's the catch? Robo advisors. They here. This is what you need. They require a minimum. So sometimes it might be a hundred dollars. Sometimes it might be five hundred dollars. It shouldn't be more than that. Um, and that's how much you could invest to get started. And then they do charge fees, um, on your account. So people, the only reason why people wouldn't do robo advising, like the masses is that, uh, one, they want to be self-directed investors, which means they want to pick the funds themselves and they, they either like the risk of playing the market or they know what they're doing. Or two, you know, they want to avoid the cost of robo-advisors, but the cost is not a lot. The average cost for robo-advisor, you know, per year I think it's a small percentage of your balance, but I think the average is like a point point two five, you know. So um, zero point two five. That that that's not that much. If you invest ten thousand dollars in a year, that's twenty five dollars. I think that I think that you could pay twenty five dollars on your ten thousand to have a robo advisor help you with your, you know, with your uh, 
with your investing strategy. Now, w- there are other fees that like ETF fees. We could get into that later, but um, but look, it's I like them. I like robo advisors. I think it's I think they are smart. I think I think they're great. They are popular. They are very popular with millennials. They are popular with um, Gen Z. So I, uh, you know, please, I think you should look into that. Okay. The third one is the stock market. So look, it listen. Back in the day, you had to call a stockbroker. You had, or he's or he's then he's calling you up, selling you penny stocks, trying to buy, make you buy shit, or he's trying to force you into his company's funds. You know, and then they passed the fiduciary rule not too long ago, maybe I think in 2017 or 2018, and and, and financial advisors are not able to sort of push you into funds that, that of the companies they work for. So if they work at Merrill Lynch, they're not able to call you up and say, you should buy this fund at Merrill Lynch because it's the best funds ever. Well, there's a law now. There's a law now. You could ask them. Fiduciary rule, you know, law came out that basically says they can't do that. They have to be fair and just in what they're selling you, right? But you don't even need to do that anymore, okay? You can go and you can open up an account with E-Trade, a brokerage account. And, I, and I'll tell you this later on how to, how to actually invest it. But you can open an account with E-Trade or Fidelity and you deposit a certain amount of money in there. It could, you know, you could put 100 bucks in there and you could literally just, you know, buy, buy a stock. Buy a stock, buy an ETF. You don't need to do use financial advisors. But the thing is, why... So the difference between obviously just robo advising and stock advising, stock market is the stock market you're doing it yourself. You're doing it yourself, so you need to know what you're doing. And there is risk. There is risk. Okay, like you listen. Don't play the stock market unless you're ready to lose your shirt. That's all I could say. You know, I personally um, invest only in what I believe to be sound investments. Like I'm not gonna, you know, I don't, I don't want to take this piece of, you know, I don't want to put my money in this new hot piece of tech that everyone says is going to blow up in China and everybody's going to be using it. I want nothing to do with that. I want nothing to do with that. You know, uh, Warren Buffett, obviously, he says he invested in McDonald's and Coca-Cola. And I mean, that was a long time ago, but he believed in dividend, dividend, um, having a dividend strategy and companies that he didn't mind holding on to for 10 years. You know, and I like that kind of thing. Now, I don't have uh, Coca-Cola or McDonald's, but that and I don't have sing, singular companies. I have again ETFs, funds, um, but that is smart. That is smart because you just want to invest your money in a sound place. You don't want to be putting your money in some next, you know, who's it, who's it tech startup. You know, come on. Um, in the past, if you opened up an E Trader Fidelity account, they used to charge you per trade. But a few years ago, they they sort of do did away with that. So a lot of these brokerage firms have zero commission trades. So it's nice. So you know, look, you could you don't have to pay on trade. The trade used to it used to be you ha- if you wanted to invest a hundred bucks or a hundred thousand dollars, whatever you have, whatever your budget is, you maybe you had to pay seven ninety five per trade. This doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're somebody that's day trading, for example, that winds up adding up. Um, so, the, but now it's free. You can just buy and sell, and it's free. But you know, you got again. You got to read this fine print on on the brokerage websites. But but what I like about the stock market is, um, you know, I do my research on uh, the companies. I do my research on the funds that I like, on the bonds. Um, I read a lot of stuff. I I do. You know, I, I read the journal, I read the Times, um, I read the Economist. I, I try to keep on the up and up. Um, I I like to have CNBC on a lot, and um and I invest in things that I do believe uh, will will still be alive and kicking and doing great. You know, down the road, like maybe an ETF that has Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook in it, that sort of thing. Anyway, 
like uh, just to give you an example, like um, an index fund that you know is uh, based off the S and P five hundred. So SPY, for example, that's a ticker SPY. So the fourth way is obviously you can invest real estate. Listen, we talked about that. Here, here look, here, I don't need to get into this. You know, all know what real estate investing is. Sorry, my phone's blowing up. Um, you know what real estate investing is. I don't need to tell you. Here's the problem with real estate investing. Who has money for the down payment? Who who has this Daddy Warbucks that's giving you that's giving you six figure five or six figure money for a down payment? I don't. Do you? I hope you do. That would be wonderful. Please, but I, I don't have that. So for me, it sounds all nice. Sure, sure. I love to own a few studio apartments and one bedroom apartments, and I love to Airbnb that shit. I love to be a slumlord. I look good in a slumlord, leopard little zoot suit. But you know, the, but the thing is, is that it's not practical for me. Um, if I had money like that uh, to invest in in, a, in real estate, look, the New York real estate market. I mean, well, right now it's just crazy, and nobody expected this to happen. But what happened in Sandy? What happened in nine eleven? New York always comes back. We always turn around, and that is going to happen again. So if I did have money, I would probably take advantage of a low price and probably buy a studio apartment, right? Uh, get a mortgage if I was able to do that, which nobody's going <laughs> to give me a mortgage right now. But it's like you know, they you you. It, that is a sound investment. People will always, you know, be wanting to come here um, for various reasons, but um, I don't do a lot of real estate investing, okay? So the last, well, I shouldn't say the last, but 401k plans and IRA. So just so we know, if you don't know, a 401k plan is a tax advantage retirement account offered by a lot of companies. Not all companies offer a 401k. And it's not bad if your company doesn't offer one. But if you don't invest in it, you got to. That's it. You got. I don't care how old you are. If you're 21 and they have a 401k, don't say you're going to do it at 25. Come on. If you're 35, don't say you're going to do it in a couple of years. Just do it. And let me tell you why. You just invest a portion of your salary and it's up to an annual limit. But basically you could say, I'm going to put 1% of my biweekly salary into my 401k. And I, I don't know what the limit is, the per an, the annual limit. I think the annual limit of investing in a 401k uh, is $17,000 a year or something like that. So if you don't get up to the 17000 by doing your 1% or whatever percentage you choose, it's great, fine. If you do get up to this, if you make a lot of money, you do get up to that 17,000%, fine. That $17,000, fine, but you are going to be cut off because you can only invest a certain amount. But a 401k account is so important. I can't stress that enough because it's money that directly comes out of your paycheck. You don't even realize it's coming out. You just don't even realize it's coming out. What the hell are you doing else with that 1% of your paycheck or that 3% of your paycheck? What are you doing? You buying things? You going to TJ Maxx a lot? Come on. I mean, and look, even I listen, even if even if things are tough, and I know things are tough right now and a lot of people are out of work and whatnot, but even if things are tough, you know, and you, 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 you're just trying to make ends meet here and there. Whatever you can do, I think is smart. Because you just don't want to lose the years. You don't want to lose the compound interest. You know, um, and if you don't have a 401k, if your employer doesn't offer that, you can open an IRA, which is basically the exact same thing, but it's an individual account. So it's not tied to an employer. You know, and you could do that at lots of places. Just go online and Google how to open an IRA, you know? Um, look, this is this 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 to me is important. So I don't I you know, 
I put my percentage in. I don't even miss the contribution. I don't even know. I don't even, I don't even pay attention to it. I don't even check because you want to know what? I've been working a long time and I know on every paycheck, you know, I get the social security out and I pay New York state tax and New York city tax. And guess what? Oh, and happens to be some 401k something in there. And I just pretend it's like just some, some more tax, you know? I don't even pay attention to it. And you know what? At the end of the year, I do look at that account and I see how much money is in there and um, and I'm happy with myself. I don't care if it didn't even make any, you know, have any interest in that first year or whatever. I, like if, if it yielded anything, just to know that I was able to save it without really trying is important to me. Um, so look, for me, so let's talk about this now. So those are the ways you can invest your money basic ways. I'm not going to get into more advanced ways. I'm not going to get into bond trading. I'm not going to get into FX trading. I'm not going to get into cryptocurrency trading. I do know about this stuff, um, but, I, but I'm not going to talk about it because it's so complex. Unless, you know, someone's like, well, at least can you talk about cryptocurrency and what's Bitcoin and what's Ethereum? I'm happy to do that. I actually really love that kind of stuff. But um, this is basic information. And my two cents on the issue is... Um, I do a 401k and I do self-directed investing on the stock market. And I buy only buy ETFs, exchange-traded funds. So let me tell you what that is. I did talk about this on TikTok, but, you know, TikTok is only 60 seconds. So come on, how much could we really talk about, you know? Um, so exchange-traded funds, why are they different from stocks? Okay, so listen, if you want to buy, if you want to open an account on E-Trade because you want to put your money in the stock market, you're like, I'm going to buy Netflix. Like, I love all this content they're coming out with. I love Netflix. I'm going to buy Netflix. Great. Well, you know, look, you can go type in the Netflix ticker. Um, I think it's NTFLX. I don't NFLX. I don't know. But you type it in. It'll come up, the ticker. You type in Netflix, it'll come up. And it'll show you how much money one share in Netflix is. And I don't know the, the share price right now. And so, um, and you could buy one share you know, and, and whatever, you could buy 10 shit, whatever you can afford, right? But here's the thing, you buy in one company. So just say, just say there was some corruption going on at, at the top brass, you know, in the executive management or something, or with their books. And I don't, there's not, I'm not, I know nothing, I know nothing, I'm not saying, I, I know nothing about that. I don't even know if that exists, if that's even happening, if it was ever a thing. But you're putting your eggs in one basket. You're basically saying, Netflix, I'm giving you you know, my $500 of investment and you do with it what you may. And I have no say in anything because it's your company and I'm just trusting you because I believe in you guys. Well, you want to know what? Sign me out of that kind of deal. Okay. I like options. I like diversification. I love the diner. If you ask me, if you come to New York and you say, hey, Lisa, I'm bored. You want to go out to eat? And I'm happy to be free. I'll say, sure. You'll say, Lisa, where should we go? You know what I'm going to say? Diner. Love it. You know why I like the diner? Because it's a smorgasbord of food options. We sit down. We get a luxurious booth. They put some pickles and coleslaw on the table. You open up the menu and you have a hundred options to choose from. There's something for everyone. So if my grilled cheese tastes shitty, I know I can have a bite of your omelet and it probably will be delightful. And if we have a third girl there, well, you know what? She might have spinach pie, spanakopita, and that might even be better. And we are not just going to just a place that serves grilled cheese. And when you buy only Netflix, you go into the place that only serves grilled cheese. Why would you do that? So an ETF is an exchange-traded fund, and it's a collection of several stocks, bonds, commodities, a combination of these things. And when you buy an ETF, right, 
it, you're, you're, you're buying a slice, a sliver, a small percentage of each of those companies. So there are companies like BlackRock, right? You might, you know, if you, if you were listening, if you work in finance, are you, are you savvy? Ignore all this shit because you, you, you know it all. But if you don't, I'm telling you. So there's company like a company like BlackRock, right? And BlackRock, you've probably heard of them. And BlackRock will make, you know, and they'll make funds. They they'll part of their business. They create. They'll create an ETF and they'll choose stocks. You know, they'll choose companies to go into this ETF. They, you know, and they they put it together and then they sell it, right? And you invest in it. That's how it works. So. By in investing in ETFs, for me, this is an easy way to diversify my portfolio. I like diversification. I, and don't get me wrong. Just because I'm investing in ETFs, just because I like the diversification, I still I still pay attention to all the companies that are in the ETF. Like, okay, some ETFs are made up of 100 companies, right? You are not going to necessarily do research on all 100 companies in the ETFs. But what you're going to do is you're going to look inside the ETF, right? So if you go to BlackRock, you type in one of the, you know, you look at their ETFs, you're going to see a document called a prospectus. And it's usually like a PDF or something. And in that document, you could, anybody can look at this, it tells you what companies are inside that ETF and what weight are they. So if I had an ETF called Elise, for example, and inside my ETF, I had 20% Facebook and 1% Microsoft, you know, then I know if the 20%, say 20% of that ETF is one of the higher, is, is the highest weighted company inside the ETF. Well, that's where the money's going. If that 1%, you know, is, is, is whatever company's weighted at 1%, you don't have, you know, like it's just 1%, you know what I'm saying? So you don't spend too much time researching every single company inside the ETF. Look at the companies that are, have higher weights, right? So that's how you do that. Are ETFs safer than stocks? That's probably subjective. I mean, I personally think they're safer than stocks because of their diversification. Again, if you buy Netflix, okay, and Netflix has a bad quarter, well, mamacita, you're losing some dough, right? Because your value of your stock could go down. And if it's the only stock that you have, if all your money's in Netflix, Okay, and Netflix explodes, as in like implodes, like volcano eruption. You're done. Your money's done because that's the market, right? Now, if you had an ETF with Netflix and Facebook and Amazon and Microsoft and say all of them had weights of 5%, well, if Netflix goes down shitty for you, shitty for the ETF, shitty for the issuer, but guess what? You still have other companies in there, so it's not that bad. So that is why I like ETFs. Um, ETFs are good for beginners. So listen, people that trade and invest, they, they do ETFs, right? They used to do mutual funds because those have an actual manager. Mutual funds have a manager. ETFs are, are, are managed on the, on the exchange electronically, but they're the, for, for savvy investors, ETFs are good for, uh, beginners, market beginners. It's good. They are, they, for the most part, they're inexpensive. You can buy them through robo-advisors. You can buy them by yourself. Um, and they are less, less risky than an individual stock, you know? So you might hear, you know, like various folks talk about dividends or whatever. Do ETFs pay dividends? Some do. Some don't. You know, as long as the stocks inside the ETF pays dividends, then the ETF should pay dividends. So, for example... 
you got two slices of white bread, right? And inside your sandwich, you got American cheese and bologna. You have that sandwich. Well, is the sandwich going to pay you an ETF? I'm sorry, a dividend. Is that sandwich going to pay you a dividend? Well, guess what? Your sandwich is only going to pay you a dividend if bologna and cheese also pays a dividend because that means then they're paying so the ETF is able to pay you. You understand? So whatever is inside of that, that's how that's how it really goes. Like, is the ETF, you know, uh, pay you a dividend? Well, what's what is it? In, who makes up the ETF inside? Do they pay dividends? But when you go and you start looking up these funds, it will just tell you um, this is the dividend that it pays, or it doesn't have any. And it typically dividends are paid quarterly, and they're based on the number of shares that you own. Um, so you know, and listen, it, it might be a dollar. A do, you know, a dollar, you know, a dollar, dollar dividend, right? You know, it's maybe a quarter and less, maybe five cents. But, you know, again, you have to decide if that's something that works for you. There are a lot of people that want to have a portfolio of assets and funds that, that, that only produce dividends, that only, that only give dividends because they are going to want, they want that dividend income at the, you know, at the, at the end of their life, or I shouldn't say that that's terrible, but you know, you might hear people say, you know, um, maybe in movies or on, uh, some of the, you know, talking heads on channels, they'll say, well, I live off my interest. You know, I live off my interest. I don't touch the principal. Well, they don't touch the maybe $50,000 or, you know, $50 million they have in the market. They just live off the dividends. They live off the interest. So, you know, it's smart to, to have dividend income. You know, if you have a high volume, if you have a high amount of money, come on, it's like good. It's good. Very good. You can sell an ETF at any time. Um, you know, they can be bought and sold throughout intraday trading, which is the which is actual trading day, 9.30 a.m. to 4 o'clock uh, Eastern time. Um, and the ch price changes all the time. So, you know, you got to keep an eye on the price, right? That's the other thing about this whole game. Like, you know, look, um, buy low, sell high if you were going to do anything. that That's like, that's, I feel like the, my, my number one thing. I have to take a sip. Hold on. Uh. LaCroix, you like these? The flavors are so pungent to me. I feel like I sometimes just like a good old Schweppes, you know? Anyway, so, um, you know, you, you, they, the price changes all the time. This is not my, these Prada boots are, are $100 and the $100 does not change. No, no. The $100, if those Prada boots, if it's an, if it's a Prada boot ETF, the price is going from 100 to 105 to 102 to 92 all throughout the trading day and you got to buy it at the lowest price, right? Okay, so how do we buy these things? How do we do this? Elise, I'm listening. I like it. Or Elise, I heard about this. Or Elise, I picked up the Wall Street Journal and I started reading about this because I'm interested. Or I bought a money book. Um, or I was tuned into Jim Cramer and uh, on Mad Money and he's talking about ETFs and data. And I I want to buy it, but I'm too embarrassed to maybe ask somebody how to buy it. Or I don't I don't know how to do it. I don't you know whatever. This is how you do it. Number one, open up a brokerage account. Go to E-Trade. Go to Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, and open up an account. Same thing. It's just like opening up a bank account. Oh, go to Vanguard, by the way. I like Vanguard. Their ETFs are low. They have low expense ratios. They're good. Um, open up an account. And then the second thing you do, once you get approved for your account, you deposit some money in the account, right? 
Put a little money in, whatever you can afford. And then you're going to compare. You're going to look, start looking up your ETFs. A lot of these, um, a lot of these platforms have screener tools, which basically, like, you could put your ETF, you could put the, the fund in that you like, and then they will also um, show you alternative funds that are similar to that. And uh, you know, and and maybe one fund will have a higher uh, expense ratio. Maybe, um, but another fund might not have as many companies that you want inside, you know, uh, or the, the all the companies that you want. So, you you use the screener to help you buy, right? Um, and so that's that is that that's a good tool. And most online brokerage platforms, you know, have these screener tools. Okay, so and then look, and then you just you you pick your, I mean, like you pick your fund. And you literally just trade it. You just bought, you you literally buy it. So if you want me to really walk you by how you do it, you, there's a field. Once you put in your money, there's a field, right? Ticker, it's called the ticker symbol. And that's the, that's the, that's like sort of the unique identifier for an ETF or a stock. So Facebook is FB, that's the ticker, right? Microsoft is MF, MSFT, I believe. Um, so, you know, you put in the ticker and it comes up with a price, and that's the current trading price at that very at that very time. That's the current trading price. That's what that fund is is trading, and and the bid you'll see bid and ask, and the bid is the highest price a buyer is willing to pay, and the ask is the lowest price a seller is will, willing to take. Right. So then you put in your number of shares. So you want to buy Facebook, right? Which is not an ETF, by the way. And say you want to buy two shares of Facebook, so you put the number two in the number of, uh, of shares field, and then it's going to ask you order type. This is important, okay? Because here's the thing: there's market order, which you're going to see this on the platform. Market order, limit order, okay? Stop order. You always want to buy. A limit order. I'm going to tell you why. A market order is literally saying, "I'm going to buy Facebook, and I'm going to put." The second I hit buy, I'm buying it. Now, Facebook might be trading at ten dollars, right? But for whatever reason, maybe there's some funkiness in the exchange, on you know, just trading, and maybe Facebook all of a sudden goes up to you know a hundred dollars, and then you because you because you're just saying I'm buying market order, I'm paying market price, whatever it is selling for on that live market, I am paying you're going to be subject to whatever price it is. If you put a limit order in, if you say, I'm going to pay $9.99 for Facebook and not a penny more, that means the trade is only going to get executed on the platform because, you know, it's electronic. It's only going to get executed if it is $9.99 or below. If it's $10.01, you're not buying it. It doesn't go through. That's how it is. So I like a limit order. You set your price. You don't go above the price. If you want, if you if you see Facebook at ten dollars, you want you comfortable ten dollars. You set your limit order ten dollars, and that's it. You buy it, and you're done. And then sometimes there is a field that is commission, and that's the brokerage. You know, the brokerage is taking a commission, but usually they do not these days. Okay, and then that's it. You sit back, you enjoy, go get a sunny delight. You just bought your first ETF. Okay, you just bought your first fund. Okay, now. You, you have to keep an eye on these things once you own them, right? So it's like you have a car, you have a car, you have to get the oil changed, you got to get gas in it, you got to wash it. It's the same thing here. You don't, you know, you don't necessarily want to be trading them all the time. You know, you want to make sure you keep your eye on them. You want to watch the news, um, you know, and, and you want to make sure that nothing catastrophic is happening, okay? Um, and that's it. That, that, that is, that is, that is pretty much it. So, I, we talked about how to invest, 
how you could invest some basic ways. We talked about what, how I invest my money. Uh, we talked about what's an ETF, an exchange-traded fund. That's basically a little house filled up with companies and you investing in those companies that make up that house. Um, look at SPY as an example. SPY, one of the biggest ETFs on the market. It's uh, based on the S&P 500. Um, and so we went over what's an ETF and how to buy it. Okay, so... Um, that's my, that's my two cents. If you ever want, um, my opinion, I'm happy to give it. So we can talk and let me know, by the way, by the way, by the way, when you're listening to this, let me know what your thoughts are. I mean, look at the end of the day, I am, I'm a comic. Okay. I'm a comic. Um, I have a podcast and stuff, uh, but I do work in the business world. I said this before and you know, like every, we all have different skills like this. You know, do you want to know fun fact, Barbara Streisand, you know what she does at night? She doesn't go around her house and still kimono singing people. Uh, uh-uh. uh. She's a trader. Can you imagine Barbara with those nails, those gorgeous French manicured tips? She trades. She probably trades from her dollhouse basement. Yes. Her, she has a dollhouse in her basement, like a little mall. Anyway, um, you know, so everybody does a lot of different things. This, I, this is one of the things that I do. So I, I, this again, I am not a financial advisor. Do not take my advice and all of a sudden go put your, your nest egg into SPY. I am not saying do that. I'm saying do your research, talk to an FA, go have conversations, buy the newspaper. If you have questions, you can write to me and I'll, and I'll try to answer them. If I don't know the answer, I will ask somebody that I know that will know the answer. I will find the answer for you. Um, but you, you, you should think about this. You should think about investing your money. If you, if you have a little money, I think you should invest it. I, 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 you know, so many people are, are, are just about buying the next shiny thing. And there's so much bullshit of keeping up with the Joneses. And there's so much bullshit of like, not even a lot of people buy, buy their cars. Everybody wants to lease their car. People say, oh, I want the new tech in three years. Oh, I like a new car. No, no, no. You know what? The rich people, the wealthy people, they keep that same freaking car for 10 years. That's what I tell my boyfriend. I tell him, he's like, you got to get a new car. Uh-uh. My car's 10 years old. It's fine. And that's true. It's 10 years old and it's fine. There's 60,000 miles on it. Why would I buy a new car? Who am I trying to impress? It gets me from A to B. I'm comfortable in it. It's safe. Whatever. Right? So, you know, you you have to think about the future. I think about the future a lot. I'm probably a little obsessed with it, to be honest. Um, and 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 how I could be comfortable in my future is important to me. I am not going to get any inheritance. I do not come from a family with money. I, uh, I, I, I built myself to where I am, and I try to keep a clear path down the road, okay? So, um, and I think you should too, if you don't, but I'm sure you do, because you're a genius, because you are, and I, and I know you guys all do the best things. It's, it's, it's that, it's that sometimes these financial interest, uh, instruments are daunting, and I know that. So, um, anyway, are you hungry? Has this made you hungry? Because this conversation has me, has me dying for a little nosh, and I'm going to tell you, um, do you like pesto? Do you like do you like pasta and macaroni? So we my family we call it macaroni. Everything's macaroni, and it's not macaroni and cheese. Just what, what we call it. mac macaroni. It doesn't matter if it's you know penne, rigatoni, um, ditalini. It doesn't matter if it's cavatappi. It's all macaroni to us. The sh- but you know and the shapes are important. But it's all macaroni. But um, I love macaroni. Well, commonly known as pasta, and I love uh, marinara red sauce. I love pesto though. So I'm, I'm going to tell you how I make my pesto. I've been making it like this for a long time. 
It freezes so beautifully. It freezes nice. You can even put it on fish. I love it. Okay, so this is what you do. A third of a cup of pine nuts, pignoli nuts, three quarters of a cup of Parmesan cheese, one garlic clove, you know, like grated or chopped very fine, about five cups of basil leaves, two cups of Italian flat leaf parsley, about, I don't know, half a cup, got to eyeball it, of olive oil, you know, and maybe a pinch of salt. All you do is throw that in the food processor, whiz it up, and you're done. That's it. No cooking. No cooking required. All you do is you make your macaroni, and you have salted water, you boil the macaroni, do it al dente, mix it up with that sauce, and you're done. And guess what? If you have leftover sauce, this is what you could do. You can take an ice cube tray, and you could spoon the pesto sauce into the ice cube trays, put a little plastic wrap over the top, put it in the, fr the freezer, it will last for three months. And then if you want pesto, just pop out a few pesto cubes and that's it. You're done. So if you're making dinner for your kids and you don't want to make anything for yourself, one cube is enough for a few little, couple little bowls of macaroni for them. You know what else I do with pesto that I like? Um, I'll take out one of those pesto cubes. I let it defrost or I microwave it. Usually microwave it because I have never, I never have any time. I want to get home from work. I, uh, if I have a piece of salmon, I spread it on, after it's defrosted, I spread it on the salmon, I bake it, 375, about 18 minutes, it's delicious, it really is, it's so delicious, pesto, like a pesto crusted salmon, I love that, I love that, um, do you, do you like pesto, there, there's all kinds of types of pesto, by the way, you know, there's like walnut pesto, um, kale pesto, uh, you know, the traditional is basil and parsley leaves, at least in, in, in my family. But but if you, you know, you, you always do need kind of the basil. You kind of do. But but if you want, sneak some kale in there, okay? Sneak some spinach leaves in there. Your kid's never going to know. Never going to Oh, you're never going to know. You, I do it for myself because, you know, I don't always like kale. So those the leaves are so stemming, you know? Anyway. So we do products, you know, product review. Let me tell you about this product, okay? I would love to have a fireplace. Do you have a fireplace? Oh, there's nothing better. Oh, if you do, I'm just, I'm happy for you. I'm so jealous, though. I'm happily jealous for you. I, I, oh, God, s'mores. Oh, I love s'mores. Oh, my God, I love the smell of a fireplace. I like stockings by a fireplace. I like a mantle. I want to have pictures on a mantle. I want to get that shit from Home Goods and just decorate a mantle. I want to walk in well, to my house when it's snowing outside and sit in front of the fire. Oh, I love that. And of course I don't have one because I live in an apartment. But I did find an indoor <laughs> s'mores maker. That's right. An indoor electric s'mores maker. Isn't that pathetic? It's not like I'm sitting here saying I found the U-log on cable. <laughs> Everyone turn on channel 600. No, I'm like, oh, I found indoor s'mores maker. Just what we all need right before Halloween. Right? Anyway. So it's on Amazon. If This is what it's called. Nostalgia. You know, the, the names, we know this. They're ridiculous. Nostalgia. Indoor electric stainless steel s'mores maker with four compartment trays for graham crackers, chocolate, blah, blah. That's the name. Nostalgia indoor s'mores maker. Put that in. $17.99. It, that was at the price actually today when I looked it up. It's usually like $22. Uh, this is going to be Christmas gifts for people. I think this makes a great gift. I love it. Let me tell you something. You plug it in, okay? You got to watch it, by the way, because, you know, it's an electric thing. But you plug it in, 
And all you do is you take your two roasting forks, the stainless steel roasting forks it comes with, you take your marshmallow, once the thing is heated up, you put it over the thing, and there you go. You got a, a marshmallow. You slap it on the graham cat cracker, you put a piece of Hershey's on it, and you, hello, you're done. Delicious. It does take a little bit to heat up. It does. This, though, is amazing. And I, I recommend this product. When I was pregnant, I had I had a hankering for s'mores. Do you know how? But that I didn't. I was so pregnant that I didn't even know. I didn't even. I didn't even know how to make. I couldn't even think clearly enough on how I can make s'mores. Like, of course, of course. Now I'm like, well, at least I should have taken a freaking stick, put a marshmallow over it, and just, and just toasted it on the open flame on my gas stove top. I didn't do that. You know what I did? Like a dude to do, I took a pan, okay? I put like graham crackers in a pan. I put chocolate on top of the graham crackers and I threw some marshmallows and rolling around in a pan with some butter. I was so pregnant. I would have killed for an indoor s'mores maker. In fact, I'm mad at my ex-husband for not knowing that this product existed because I, 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 I love this. I love this. Um, so I, I recommend that. And, you know, the other thing also that I found that I think is cool, this is like, I feel like a double product day. Um, so on TikTok, I posted a story a while ago, do you wear your designer bag to work? And some people said, you know, this response was interesting. Some people said, yes, I work hard. I'm going to wear my Louis Vuitton never full to work. You know, some people said, no, I would never. I personally don't do it because, you know, I don't. Because I don't want anybody to see that. And, and what if I ask for a raise? What if I say I want a raise? I, I, I muster up the courage to ask for a raise, knowing I'll probably be shot down. But I ask for a raise, and then they see that I'm walking around with a fancy Louis bag? Absolutely not. But anyway, sometimes it's hard to find nice bags for work. So I found this brand. It's called Minor History. Minor History. M-I-N-O-R History.com. And they have beautiful, nice leather bags for work. They have, okay, here's the price, $230. I know it's not cheap. I know you could find probably a cheaper leather bag at Marshall's, but here's the thing, okay? It's a nice big leather tote. It's like the clean leather. It's not like the pebbly leather, you know? Um, it has a zipper top, so a tote bag with a zipper top. That's important to me because I always have so much shit in my tote bag. It's big enough to store my MacBook. It comes in hideous work colors, black, cream, camel, and Linda Ronstadt maroon. I know. And, you know, they're not hideous. I, like, wear black and camel, you know, all the time, tan, whatever, all the time. But, but you know, it's not like it comes in hot pink. So just beware. It's, it's work. It's work. It's a work bag. Um, and, you know, a maroon, Linda Ronstadt maroon. Like, maroon. Really? Maroon? Why not Hunter Green or something? Or navy? A maroon? Maroon. And I'm not a maroon girl. Are you a maroon girl? Anyway, it's cute. The bag is cute. It's big. It's boring. It's perfect. It's perfect for work. And I'm sold. Oh, best part, lifetime guarantee. Yeah. Where, when have you bought a bag with a lifetime guarantee? Never. Me too. I know. So, yeah, I love this. Minor history. It's my new thing. $230. It's expensive, but guess what? I'm going to have it for 10 years, and then I'm going to send it back, and, <laughs> and they're going to repair it or send me a new one. <laughs> anyway, so every week I do a couple of questions for my TikTok girlfriends. They send me a couple of questions. They send me questions. I pick a couple and I answer them. I do my best to answer them. So here is the, the first question. And I, I obviously picked this question given the money theme special segment is, do I have any advice on budgeting? I'm a college student. 
trying to create a... Okay, let me read the question over because that was crazy. Elise, <laughs> do you have any advice on budgeting? I'm a college student trying to create one for the first time. Do you have any book recommendations? Thanks. Oh, dollface, I do. I 100% most certainly do. The book I would recommend for you to read is The Millionaire Next Door. I'm reading, I'm recommending this. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. I'm rec I talked about this on TikTok, but I'm recommending this book for you because you're in college. And I know when I was in college, at least, that I was always looking at what other people had, and you know, people always bragging this and that. And I think that this book is important because it tells you about to watch, watch every, watch, you know, watch other people. Watch the wealthy people that you come in contact. Watch the wealthy people that you see on TV. Watch the business, the business women that you intern for. You know, if you get your internship first job, watch those the CEOs. They're not flashy. They're not flashy, and they're the ones that are likely millionaires. So I recommend that book. In terms of a budget, I do have um, advice on budgeting, but I think that I should answer that probably a little bit more in depth. Um, on another show because, uh, and I, I did obviously, of course I read this question before I chose it. Of course I did. But the reason why I don't want to um, talk about budgeting is because I, I think that it's important. I think there's, there's a lot of information here and, um, it's longer. It takes a bit more time uh, than a quick answer, but, but at a very high level, at a very high level, how I budget is I write down, I, I use Excel. Okay. I open up an Excel sheet. And I write down, I have um, each month, at the top row, the horizontal top row of the Excel, I write all the months, okay? You know, every month. And then uh, on the vertical column to the left, I write all of my bills. So in New York, my electric Con Edison, you know, uh, my apartment bill, um, my cable bill, my cell phone bill, I put all of the, the names of those companies, Right there, okay? You know, AT&T, Con Edison, whatever. Uh, apartment management company. And then I fill in, you know, how much money that costs me each month because it's a fixed expense. So I put all of my fixed expenses in this Excel spreadsheet set up like that. And then I also have an area on that left side at the bottom, miscellaneous expenses. Um, how much do I spend uh, roughly maybe on maybe movie tickets. Well, not now because the movies are closed, but movie tickets or, um, you know, dining out. Okay. And, and that's how I create my budget. I, I use, I've been using that, that system for 10 years, 10 plus years. I still use it. I literally every month on the first, when I pay my bills, I go into my Excel spreadsheet and I fill it out. Uh, I swear by that. And I will get into that more in depth, but in the meantime, if you need something like sooner rather than later, check out mint, mint.com. It's a, it's a budgeting um, program. I think it's free. It used to be free. I used to use it. And you put in all your expenses, and every month it gives you, or every one time you log in, it gives you a pie chart. And um, it helps you budget. So we could talk about that more. But um, good, very good question. And I'm so happy that you're in college and you're thinking about this because I wasn't when I was in college, and I wish I was. Okay, question number two. Elise, I'm dating a guy, and he wants me to text him nudes. Should I? No. Do you want to? Listen, if you want to, go ahead. Do you do? Do your business. What do I care? Do what you want to do. But if you don't want to, no, absolutely not. But I would say something flirty. I would flirt with him a little bit. Maybe he'd say, those are reserved for the six-month mark. Or, you know, I don't give them out like candy. Those are earned. 
Say something like that to him. See how he responds. Because let me tell you something. If he responds nasty or negative, he's a motherfucker and you don't want to deal with him. Okay? I would be done with his ass so fast. If he's like, oh, but baby, please. Or like, oh, no. Oh, no, boo. I want to see you. Come on, blah, blah. I, you know what? I would get rid of him because he's a fucking creep. Okay? That's what I would say to him. But if you want to send it, send it. But if he, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Don't do anything you don't want to do. I don't know how old you are, but don't do anything you don't want to do. And, 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 and even though if you don't want to write something flirty back, oh, six months, do it anyway. See what he, see, see what, how he responds. Cause if it's a new relationship, it's important to do your little tests, you know, and that, that's a test. Anyway, closing it out with a quote. This is appropriate for the episode. It's by Warren Buffett. I knew I was always going to be rich. I don't think I ever doubted it for a minute. Warren Buffett. I knew I was always going to be rich. I don't think I've ever doubted it for a minute. I love that. Affirmations, baby. You say you're going to be rich, you're going to be rich. And listen, let's be clear. He didn't say he was going to be rich in money. Well, we know he is. But maybe he means rich in love. Maybe he means rich in other ways. But I love that quote. Anyway, so that's all for today's episode of The Lisa Lucci Show. Thank you for listening. Really, thank you for listening. And I know that this wasn't like as, you know, sauntery and scandalous and, and gossipy as some of the other ones, the other episodes. But I thought the money one was was needed because based on the comments. So thank you for listening. And I hope that you subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you like this episode, leave me a comment on Apple Podcasts. Nothing. <laughs> I'm begging. I'm, be- I'm a beggar. What can I say? Nothing makes me happier. Anyway, stay tuned for the next episode. I'll talk to you soon. If you want more, by the by, follow me on TikTok at Elise Delucci on TikTok, Instagram at Elise Delucci, or my website that I never update, elisedelucci.com, and I will talk to you soon.